You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Welcome back. How you doing? How you feeling? Are you getting through the winter? Or maybe you're in a place that's already tropical or thermoneutral. Don't think I made up that term. Pretty sure that exists. Let's look it up. Thermoneutral. Yeah, that's right. Thermoneutral. Thermoneutral zone. The range of ambient temperatures where the body can maintain its core temperature solely through regulating dry heat loss. Anyway, a thermoneutral zone, if you're in that, I'm jealous because I'm in Chicago and it is quite cold. It has been snowing. You know what's funny is I'm talking about the weather and just the other day I was thinking about how much I absolutely hate talking about weather. The small talk around weather just bothers me so much. I didn't realize that until recently. I was on the phone with someone and they, not even someone, it was multiple people in the past couple of weeks. I think that's why it got me annoyed. They were just talking about, oh, the weather and your weather there and my weather there. And it's just like, do we literally have to talk about the weather? Like it's completely mind, this is like a comedy bit. Like it's so mind blowing that like, wow, it's snowing and it's hot by you. And where is it by you? And how it's like, we know We've been through it a million times. Small talk. And now we're talking about the small talk, kind of meta. Anywho, what are we talking about today? We're talking to a coach. Her name is Emily Freeman. I know I said recently that I wasn't going to have on more coaches and that I was kind of done for a while talking to new coaches, dating coaches, old dating coaches, any dating coach really, but I liked and was intrigued by what Emily has been saying on her Instagram. And she's a coach that is relatively new in the sense where she has just started her business within the past year. And so I wanted to talk to her. Even though I said I don't want to do many of those episodes anymore, I couldn't help myself. I wanted to have her on and wanted to talk about this idea of, well, I didn't know this was going to be the topic, but We ended up talking about the idea of feelings, working through your feelings when dating and how to step inside of your feelings. This is all on her, by the way. This is what she is bringing to the table in her type of coaching of the idea of sitting in how something feels and then using that to improve your dating life. I thought it was pretty cool. It's definitely interesting. And as she was saying it, it was kind of triggering this thought in my head of like, oh, this is really teaching guys to be in their feminine. I don't know if I love that idea. And then before I could even say something, she admitted it. She goes, I know it's really helping guys tap into their feminine. And I still don't know how I feel about it. I'm still kind of going over some of the things and processing some of the things that we talked about. But she's saying that it works very well for the clients that she works with. And I believe her. And there is more than one way to skin a cat, that's for sure. So you're going to hear an interview with Emily and myself talking about a range of topics related to dating, but definitely coming back to this idea of feelings and just kind of running the whole gambit of the whole idea of meeting women in person and meeting women on dates and building attraction on dates and the difference between the two. And you're going to get a lot out of it. I sure hope so. I want to remind people that if they need more help, there is a book that I have written called Magnetic. And Magnetic is a book on Amazon that you can purchase on audio, paperback, or even on Kindle. And 
I wrote this about three years ago, and it's my entire system on how to meet and attract women. A lot of guys have given it really great reviews, have really loved it, and said it's helped them a lot because it's a workbook in helping them meet and attract women and gives you my whole entire breakdown of my TED system, which is the building attraction formula, as well as how to be attractive in the other areas of your life. I call it the outer qualities, and there's a formula called the four-step attraction amplifier that teaches you how to be attractive. So it teaches you how to be attractive to women working on all the different areas of your life. I call them inner qualities, outer qualities, and the difference between the two is explained in the book and teaches you how to do it. Very practical and something that you can get on Amazon. I apologize for anyone in Australia who's listening to this. You cannot get magnetic in Australia. I think you can maybe get the ebook potentially, but for some reason they don't have it there. I don't know why. It's just not available. But anyway, if you want to get this book, it is on Amazon. The link is in the show notes. If you are not into books and you are more into the idea of watching a video course and going through something that's a little bit more thorough, then you should check out my Hooked program at getterhook.com, which teaches you how to build attraction, how to meet women, and how to understand female nature. So those are your two options if you want to take the time to go through a course rather than piecing together podcast episodes. Those are available at getterhook.com as well as Amazon. Link in the show notes. And I wanted to let you guys in on those because not everyone knows that those are available. I talk about coaching quite a bit in the podcast, but not everyone knows that they can get that. Check those out. And in the meantime, here's my interview with Emily Freeman. Emily Freeman, how's it going? Hey, it's going well. How are you? It's going well. Yeah, it's great to have you on the podcast. I love having the newcomers on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Would you consider yourself a newcomer? <laughs> I don't know if I'd consider myself a newcomer at this point. I mean, maybe in the world of dating coaches and putting myself out there. Sure, I'm still yeah. a newcomer, but I've had quite a bit of experience coaching at this point now. Yes. Um, but compared to you, Trip, yes, I would say I'm a newcomer. I mean, you're one of the OGs, I would say. So It's funny because <laughs> I, I, it's even weird to feel that way because if I'm an OG, I know some other people, it's like super OG. Yeah, Like on I a know. whole other level. But <laughs> no, I just mean that you've been in business for what, about a, a year now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, about a but, year. But yeah, I'm sure you've been giving dating advice and help way before the business started or else sure. you wouldn't have just started it from day one. No, so you don't I, wake yeah. up one morning and go, oh, maybe I should be a dating coach today. <laughs> and just start the business right away yeah. and start giving advice. <laughs> so how did you get started in all this? What made you want to be a dating coach? And how did you get to the point where you felt confident enough to give dating advice? Absolutely. So a couple years ago, I had invested a lot of time in my own personal development. I had been single for about a year out of a couple of long-term relationships that didn't work out. And, you know, I had read the book Attached. I'd learned some stuff about attachment styles, understood a little bit about how I may have been, you know, kind of choosing wrong, but still felt like I needed extra guidance. And so I hired a dating coach for myself and she completely transformed my life um, beyond her name's Darcy Iverson. Darcy Iverson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. She was actually a clinical therapist for 15 years and then became a dating coach. So she is 
amazing at the mindset work and ultimately taught me everything that I know. So I was working with her. I was in her masterminds with other women as well, too, and just found myself starting to give advice to my friends and family based on what I was learning in her programs. And they all started having better dating lives and getting into relationships. I had a roommate who was engaged within nine months, you know, and started to realize like, oh, (laughs) maybe this is something that, you know, I want to look into. And she had an option of a course to become a dating and relationship coach. And I dove right in and soaked up everything I possibly could from her. She's still my coach to this day, you know, so she is there on the sidelines rooting for me in there, that spot. But I took the course and ultimately, you know, had been unofficially coaching people in my life to make sure that I was really good at this and decided to launch my business. And just looking at the landscape as I was trying to figure out, okay, who are the people that I want to work with, right? Like, what do I really get excited about? Who do I really want to change and help change their lives, you know? And I had a number of guy friends at the time who continued to come and ask me for advice because they wanted a female perspective. And they would come again and again and again because ultimately my advice was really helping them. And not only helping their dating lives, but helping them just feel better about themselves and understand more about themselves and think deeper and bigger and more expansive. And I absolutely adore men. I love the masculine energy, the intensity of it, the directness of it. But I also had experience in my own dating life as well as seen in friends and other women who I knew through these dating programs I saw that there was a lot of men out there who were confused, who didn't understand what women really wanted, didn't really understand what they wanted. And, you know, both parties were ultimately frustrated in the dating world, you know, that there was a lot of frustration, a lot of confusion. So I decided to work with men. I think it's so important. Dating is such a personal part of your life. And, you know, to create a safe space for men when there just aren't a lot of safe spaces out there for them to really express themselves and to have that soft landing to come to, to talk about the things that are painful. Because there are a lot of parts about dating that can be painful. You know, dating's a mirror for you to ultimately experience sides of yourself that you don't experience when you're single. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Are you dating anyone right now? Yeah, I I am in a relationship. Yeah. Cool. How long has that relationship been going on? It's still slightly new. It's been around like six or so months. Okay. That's, uh, that's, I love you stage. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's awesome. You said, I love you. I'm like blushing right now. (laughs) I can see. Yeah. That means you must be excited about him. I am. Yeah. It's great. Do you have like certain requirements or non-negotiables that you specifically look for in a guy? For me personally, I mean, someone who is emotionally intellectual, right? I'm a pretty deep person. I think really deeply about things. I understand myself at a really deep core level and I'm able to communicate in what I think are really effective ways. And so to have someone who's able to mirror that and ultimately hold me accountable and help me continue to be better and better every day is really important to me. Someone who can play and have fun with me, right? And just kind of let loose, but also has big dreams, is very mission-driven, really focused on his purpose and doing something to change lives and to help and have like a greater sort of 
meaning to living out his purpose. What does your boyfriend do for work? What's his purpose and mission? Yeah, so he actually, <laughs> so I'm like, I don't normally talk about him. <laughs> See, this is what makes him more exciting. <laughs> I, well, uh, I, th- I think you should. I mean, I guess I don't really talk about my girlfriend as much, but I do bring her up from time to time. Yeah. It's important for the guys to know that. It would be, mm-hmm. I got to admit, I got to say this. It's kind mm-hmm. of lame if someone's a dating coach. Yeah. And they're not in a relationship. I think it's Ooh. a little, I think mm. it's a little lame. I do. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's cool yeah. that you are in that because it is practice what you preach. Now, sometimes sure. guys have been like, wait, Trip, you have a girlfriend? Like, shouldn't you be like out there mm. playing the field? And mm-hmm. I get that sometimes, but I think mostly it makes sense that if you're someone who's helping people dating and you have someone, then you're doing something right. So anyway. Yeah, no, he's, he's awesome. He has a podcast agency, so he creates podcasts. Cool. So Living, yeah, do you have he has a podcast? I don't have a podcast yet, no. Are you going to start <laughs> one? Uh, maybe eventually. I think I would love it. It seems like a lot of fun. And yeah, he's also a published author as well, too. So he, he writes. Cool. Well, Very that's definitely ambitious. Guy of depth, for sure. That's awesome. So yeah. how do you help guys find the right relationship? If they're, Sometimes guys don't even ask that. But do you ever just say, like, listen... You got to figure out what kind of woman you're looking for. What's your process there? So, you know, the process there is to really first find a level of self-awareness, right? So it's important to understand the thoughts and potential limiting beliefs that someone has, right? So we all have these stories that we've told ourselves throughout our lives. Some are inherited from our upbringing. Some we create from experiences we've had in our lives, And ultimately, they shape what we think is possible in relationship for ourselves, right? So it's first really important to understand, okay, where do you feel like your limitations are in relationship and how do we break through those? Because they're made up, right? Our thoughts, we decide what our thoughts are every single day and we get to decide if we want to believe them or not. So in order to get clarity over what it is you really want, you have to first break through the noise of all the thoughts telling you that that's not possible, that that doesn't exist. You know, that all women just want this type of guy and I'm this type of guy. And to be able to show up fully confident, authentically confident, not just putting on a show for the sake of a couple of dates, but truly knowing that in your worth and being able to say, I am deserving of having a partner who reciprocates my own stories about my worth, right? Because what happens a lot of the times is when we have stories that make us feel bad about ourselves, then we're willing to accept behavior from other people that also makes us feel bad about ourselves. So there's so much more to understanding what you want in partnership just than like you're, you know, on paper around job, height, you know, physical attraction and level of drive or personality types or being able to be outgoing or anything like that. There is a deeper component there that is about what do you want to feel like when you're in this partnership, right? And that's something that a lot of men have trouble tapping into because it's really a feminine, more of like a feminine energy sort of part is feeling, right? Getting into your heart space and going, ooh, okay, what does it feel like? to just sit next to this woman, right? Does it feel safe? Does it feel exciting? Does it feel fun? So that way, when 
that shows up in your life, you can go, oh, oh yeah, that's the feeling that I've identified, right? Because compatibility is so much more than check boxes. You've heard it probably a million times where they're like, I don't know, I just didn't feel that thing. And so it's so important to understand what that thing is and make sure that it's also a healthy thing because a lot of us are attracted to what we're familiar with and sometimes what we're familiar with is not healthy. And so, you know, like I said, that's going back to understanding what are the limiting beliefs? What are those stories that you've inherited that you've told yourself time and time again to ultimately create the dating reality that you have now? What new thoughts do you need to adopt to create a dating reality that's totally different and way more expansive and way more fun? How do you feel about the idea of like arranged marriages and the fact that supposedly Mm. arranged marriages have a very low divorce rate and it comes from the idea of the opposite that you're saying. It's more, they get matched up on compatibility Mm -hmm. in terms of, I mean, what I believe, I don't know too much about arranged marriages, but I know it's not about compatibility and the feeling. It's more of compatibility in the check boxes. And what happens is once they're in an arranged marriage, they learn to love each other. So the feeling comes after. What are your thoughts on that process of going, okay, this is the kind of woman I'm looking for. And then you find her. And if you don't immediately have that feeling going after it anyways, and then seeing if that feeling comes. Interesting. I do believe love is a choice. You know, I think that you can have a high level of infatuation for someone and that's those butterflies, that fun feeling. And like I said, you want to make sure that you are healed from whatever stories maybe you're creating an unhealthy attachment to that feeling in people that aren't right for you. But ultimately, at the end of the day, and you know this because I think you're in a long-term relationship now, is is that there are days where you wake up and you make that choice to love someone, and there are days where you wake up and you're like, yeah, this this is perfect. And it's about making that choice over and over and over again. And with arranged marriages, you know, you are ultimately committing to making that choice to love somebody. And I see this happen a lot in men where the pain doesn't necessarily come from not knowing something, not knowing if someone's right or not knowing what to do next, but just not committing to the next step, not committing to deciding which direction to go with that woman, whether it be I'm going to text her tonight or I'm going to actually get into a committed relationship with this person right? When you're unable to trust yourself and trust your decisions, then you're never able to truly commit to any of them. And that's where the suffering comes in. That's where the second guessing comes in. That's where the low self-esteem comes in, you know, versus just saying, this is my reality. This is where I'm at. I'm choosing this person right now. Could something change that choice in the future? Absolutely, right? You don't want to just make a choice if it's not something that's fulfilling in your life. But with the arranged marriages, I think, It takes out that storybook sort of desire that getting into a relationship is going to be really intense or really fiery or really passionate because sometimes those are the relationships that don't work out, whereas something that's more of a slow build that is able to develop over time will actually last longer. And that's not, you know, to say that it never works out if, you know, depending on if it's a faster pace. But it is more likely that something that goes faster can burn out faster. It's just trends well, isn't that, that we've weird? seen over time. I've mm-hmm. been in that too. You've been in that kind of thing? Oh, it's sure. Like, it's like yeah. hot and heavy for like a month and then it's like, mm-hmm. it just dies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, it's about people 
committing to being in that relationship, right? There is, you know, a level of commitment there where when people expect it to always feel that way, as soon as they see anything that makes them think otherwise of the person, you know, there's, I talk about attachment styles a lot. When there's an insecure attacher involved in a situation, which is usually what the hot and heavy is, is like an anxious attacher and an avoidant, you know, they feel that spark because they're ultimately triggering each other. Mm. And then it burns out because the avoidant usually finds little things about the anxious attacher and they're like, well, these are all the reasons why I shouldn't be with him or her and dip out pretty fast because those avoidant feelings, those triggers are really, really strong. And ultimately the avoidant has a pattern of, of leaving when they feel those feelings versus staying and starting to get curious about them. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Now let's talk about this when you're in a relationship, because we talked about this in our little pre-interview, this idea of being a man that she's continuously attracted to, and then how mm. that relates to building attraction when you first meet her. Can you speak to that for a second? When you're dating online, when you're in the modern dating world, you're meeting somebody out and about, there's a lot of distraction that's just happening in our world on a regular basis. There's a lot of different options, especially for women, right? So if there's not that immediate attraction, then it can be really hard to actually build it. Like back when you were meeting someone in school and you were seeing everybody, you know, every single day or hanging out in a similar friend group, that attraction can sometimes be built over time as you get to know somebody. But when you are first meeting someone on a date in kind of the modern dating world, that initial spark that of attraction, not necessarily like the spark we were just talking about, but thinking like, oh, like I'm attracted to this person in a romantic way is usually pretty immediate. But then what I see happen is that there are certain ways that men show up in the dating process that then that attraction starts to dwindle a little bit, right? The woman doesn't feel as attracted to them as they did when they first initially met the man. And now there's a a man does either. Like it just, it just, it's never that, (laughs) it's never that intense, Mm -hmm. right? That honeymoon period. Sure. You know, but then there's there's a misconception I see with a lot of men out there that think they can build attraction, right? And and you can build attraction, but you need to have that base level attraction first. So I want to clarify that. So when a lot of men think about building attraction, they think they can meet a woman, the woman's not attracted to them at all, and they can create a movie scene where she sees over time that he's amazing and falls for him at the end of the day. But in our modern dating world, when you're meeting a woman online and you go on a first date, the likelihood that she's going to go on more dates with you because she has other options, if she doesn't feel that initial physical attraction to some degree, is really, really low. So no matter what you text her or what you do, it's really, really hard to create that initial attraction in our current dating environment. This is why it's so important not to chase, right? This is why it's so important in order to know your own worth and to know what women to invest time in and what women to not invest time in. Because there will be women out there who are attracted to you, but it's a matter of choosing the right ones that you have that baseline attraction with because it makes your life just so much easier and more enjoyable. Because otherwise you're going to be texting a woman that isn't going to text you back or isn't going to meet up with you and becomes your pen pal for a couple of weeks until she ghosts you. I definitely agree with you in the sense that building attraction over a long period of time definitely does not work. It's either there or it's not. But I do believe you can build attraction on a first date, even just in that 
immediate time. So let's say, or or even an approach, like approaching a woman. Yeah, I, I agree in the sense, yeah, she does have to be somewhat physically attracted to you. She cannot be yes. like, wow, this person is someone I would never be with. But I think that if you're even just like an average guy, even in her eyes in the first five seconds, you have, I still believe, an opportunity to build attraction in that moment. So I think you yeah. can build it in the moment. Mm-hmm. Definitely not over time or like, you know, on a friendship level, like a friend zone situation. But sure. I think you can build sure. it in those moments. I mean, you might not necessarily be successful, but I do believe mm-hmm. it is possible. What are your thoughts? Well, in, in a first date setting, if there wasn't a level of attraction, she wouldn't be there on the first date, True. right? So I think the yes. first date is definitely the prime moment to build that attraction. But that goes yep. back to what I was saying previously is there still needs to be that baseline, right? And then you build it. Whereas walking up to a girl you know, and approaching her, whether it be on the street or in a cafe, if she doesn't feel that initial attraction towards you, then she's more likely than not going to be reluctant to actually meet up with you until she sees your social media profile, you know, and kind of reconfirm like, okay, is this a guy that I am actually interested in and want to spend time with and go on a date with? That's when your texting sort of skills and capabilities can really come in if she is interacting with you because she saw something in you, right? And yes, there are ways to approach women that can help increase your level of attraction to them. And there are ways that definitely can hinder their feelings of let's, attraction let's, towards you. Let's hear both you. of those. Let's hear both <laughs> of those. How you, can, how you do that and then how you can mess it up. What do you think those sure. are? So, I mean, as far as women really want to feel like it's spontaneous, right? No woman is impressed by the guy that she knows is at, you know, the same bar every Thursday and Friday night, you know, going after women. You know, she also doesn't want to be the woman at the grocery store that, you know, is his fifth try of the day. And now, even if she wasn't there seeing it, there is an energy behind a man who is on a mission on the prowl, just like As men, when you go out to the club and you see a group of women and you can tell they're all kind of just looking around, you know, and and not really present with their friends, you know that they're there to meet men. The same thing is true of women. We can sense when men are really just there to pick somebody up, right? Like your shopping cart is not really full or, you know, whatever it is, you know, there's an energy behind making it into sport, When it feels like sport to a woman, it's not attractive. It feels like desperation. It feels like neediness, right? You hear this term a lot in the dating world, this neediness sort of factor, which we can definitely dive into. But a woman wants to feel like it's spontaneous. Like you saw her and were like, oh my gosh, I don't care how nervous I feel right now. I need to go talk to this woman. You know, I was actually a story about me. I was at a beach party a year ago or so, and I was up on a balcony at this party. And this guy had run by a couple of times on the pier. (laughs) And I noticed him running by. And finally, like I had smiled at him and he stopped and he looked up and like waved me down. And by the time I got down, I mean, he was shaking, right? Like holding me like, can I get your number? I just noticed you. I needed to like talk to you. But I was so impressed by the fact that he wasn't there to pick me up. He was literally on a run that day and and just saw me, right? So that was so spontaneous of him that he was literally compelled to do that. That's what makes a woman feel special, right? A woman doesn't care if you have the moves or if you're, you know, like 
really smooth about what you're doing. She cares that she's instilled an emotion in you that you don't normally feel, right? A woman wants to feel special. And if your approach feels canned, if it feels rehearsed, that is an immediate sign to a woman that this is not something that was inspired in the moment. It was something that was planned, whether you know it was a week ago or that morning when someone decided to go out and hit on women or go out to the bar. Okay, so I, first of all, for sure, right? No woman wants to feel like she's the fifth approach of the day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she definitely wants to feel special. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, sometimes guys have to go out and do approaches where it's the fifth woman of the day or she's the, I don't know, 10th girl that he talked to that night at a bar or maybe mm-hmm. the fourth girl at a party. So what do you tell guys then in terms of meeting women in person? How, yeah. how or maybe you don't tell them, I don't know. I don't know, what is your, <laughs> what's, what's your whole thing about meeting women in person? Sure. And my kind of sub question to that would be, what do you tell them so it doesn't feel like it's coming off yeah. as, oh, this is the 10th girl I'm picking up or trying to pick up in an mm-hmm. hour? Sure. So what I tell men is what are the feelings that you ultimately want to get from that interaction with a woman, right? Do you want to feel like you're having fun, that it's playful, flirtatious? Do you want to feel desired? Do you want to feel included? Do you want to feel a sense of community? Do you want to feel you know, a sense of approval or sort of feelings of, like I said, desire from somebody? Go out into the world and create opportunities to feel that that aren't hitting on women right? That will start to create that energy where it's natural for you to feel that way. It's natural for you to just show up and be like, I am desirable. I'm having fun. I'm playing. This is a great day. This is a great time. So that way, when you approach a woman, that's not the whole point of your night or day, right? Whatever you're doing, whether it be going out or meeting people, the point of going out was for you to go have fun, to let loose, to meet new people, to have conversations, not to get a certain amount of numbers that night, right? It's about going out and experiencing things. And then secondary to that is, okay, cool. There's an attractive woman. I want to go talk to her. I'm going to go talk to her. And if she rejects me, fine, that's fine. You know, I think the numbers game part of dating is totally true. A lot of the times it's a numbers game, right? Of how many times you need to go on a date, how many times you need to approach a woman before you find that special person that you click with, right? But at the same time, the numbers game is there not to create this sense of urgency of, oh, that one didn't work out. Let me find another one. It's the sense of, oh, that one didn't work out. Oh, that's okay. Because it doesn't mean anything about me. Because I see a lot of men who go, that's okay, I'm going to go to another one. Because by skipping from one approach to the next, they're not actually feeling the feelings that they are still feeling, which is rejection, right? They don't sit in it and go like, oh man, like I actually was really attracted to that woman. Like that kind of sucks. And giving themselves a moment to say like, ooh, ouch, like I would have really liked to talk to her. And it seemed like she was really not interested in talking to me. That kind of sucks. And they gloss over that and they're told to just man up or suck it up instead of acknowledging their feelings and then continuing their night and continuing to have fun, right? So you can still go and approach women, but one, it should be a secondary goal of the night. The first goal should be something fulfilling for you. And then it also is a numbers game, but it's a numbers game that doesn't need to be rushed. There doesn't need to be a sense of urgency to go from one approach 
to the next. It's allowing the night to unfold, getting excited about what could potentially happen, who you could meet, like who knows what's going to happen that night and having that energy. That's the type of energy of a man who will approach, but also doesn't always need to approach. It just happens where he ends up surrounded by a group of people. And one of those people ends up being a woman that he connects with that night. I absolutely love that whole concept (laughs) and everything you're saying. I think my thought on it is easier Mm -hmm. said than done. (laughs) Sure, sure. That's what we're Um, here for, right? That is what we're here for. (laughs) Absolutely. I get that from a lot of clients. I say something to them and they go, yeah, Trip, easier said than done. I'm like, I know, (laughs) I know, but you really got to get out there. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that is really great advice. It would be ideal if you were just doing things and having a good time and in some sort of second place comes, oh, I'm also going to be talking to women tonight. I've just found that it can be hard to do that. So the question comes like, how do you do that? It's like, if you want to get better at approaching women, you have to go out and approach women. So let's say if you're not relying on online dating solely, you want to also meet women in person. I feel like the fun is in the approach. Like one thing I teach guys is like, try to just enjoy talking to women. Like enjoy sure. enjoy what that feeling is like. I think you're going to go and talk to women. I also have noticed because of approach anxiety, it can be a little bit challenging to wait too long to do those approaches where it's like you're trying to enjoy the night, whatever that means. I don't know what enjoying the night would be if you're just trying to also meet women unless you're I guess going out with friends but then it becomes complicated there when you go out with friends that seems to pull you away from talking to women because you're just more dealing with anxiety and just talking to your friends and going and approaching women so I guess my question is is what does that look like for a guy if he's trying to go out and meet women how are you having fun if you're just kind of standing around well you don't want to just be standing around (laughs) right so what are you doing so what scene are we? Are we talking about a bar scene? I guess it could be any. Well, when you work with men and mm-hmm. they want to, I mean, I'm guessing they're coming to you to meet more women. Yes. I think, right. Mainly the men who come to me are, you are coming me, yeah. to me what's, to meet the, the right women. Yeah. So, I mean, the clients that I work with, the men I work with, some of them do have trouble, you know, with approach anxiety and putting themselves out there. But the majority of men that I work with have been in long-term relationships that haven't worked out. They know how to approach a woman. They feel confident in talking to women and they feel confident even in or leading the dating process. They're just not doing it in a way to actually attract the women that they want to attract, right? Or they're attracting women who then they're ultimately in toxic relationships with. So, you know, there are men that I work with where, you know, I do like in my group coaching programs, we talk a lot about approach. We talk, you know, about meeting women online, meeting women in person, but it all comes down to mindset and being aware of the thoughts that you're having, both if you have approach anxiety or if you have just an anxious attachment style where you're able to attract a woman into your life and then you overthink every single move that you make with her right? So there's a big difference there. And what it comes down to is understanding what are the thoughts getting in your way of approaching a woman, right? Like, what is it that you are truly afraid of? When you feel like, oh my gosh, she's going to say no. Why? What is the core fear there? What 
thought about yourself, is that going to solidify that you don't want to feel about yourself, right? So that way we can get to the root of what you're truly afraid of. This isn't just work that's going to improve your dating life. It's going to improve your life as a whole. It's so funny. Every time I have a client who's in sales, he starts working with me. He's like, why am I making more money right now? I'm like, because it's the same. (laughs) It's the same work that's going to allow you to receive more abundance in the universe as it is to receive love, right? Love and abundance are on the same frequency. And it's also, you're becoming more aware of the thoughts that hold you back, right? From making that cold call, from going into that next location. It's the same sort of training that we're doing for you to be able to talk to a woman. You so know? is it so fear I, or is it not fear? So the guy who comes mm-hmm. to you, is mm-hmm. it, hey, I'm meeting all these women and I have no problem meeting women. I'm just not finding the right one. Mm-hmm. Or is it there? Oh, no, they, there's fears. Or they're, okay, there's fears. And, or I is mean, it like yeah. also like they're, they're going on a few dates with a woman and they really like her, but she doesn't like him back. I mean, there's a combination of all of that. I'm sure, you know, you're the same way you work with a number of guys and there's always different scenarios and that are happening. And then there's similar ones, but as far as the fears go, if you're familiar with the law of attraction, what we think is what we create, right? So if you're fearful that you're going to go out that night and you're not going to have any fun and you're going to look silly sitting at the bar by yourself and trying to approach all these women and then you get in your head around, I'm going to approach her and X, Y, and Z is going to happen. Well, guess what you're going to be focused on? Guess what's going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. Versus getting there. It's like the same way the athletes train, right? Athletes always visualize before the game, like how they want the game to go and how they want it to feel when they, you know, hold the ball or I'm not... (laughs) big sports, you know, or make a shot in basketball, whatever it is, you know, they are visualizing how they want that game to go. And that same thing can happen with when you're going out that night, right? Visualize how you want that night to go, that you're relaxed, that you're having fun, that, you know, you see a woman that you're attracted to and it feels easy. And even though it might not actually feel easy that first time, just holding on to that visualization, believing that that visualization could be you, stepping into a future version of yourself in that moment to be able to step up and do something outside of your comfort zone. So whether that be to care less and not care less about the woman, but care less about the outcome, right? Lose attachment to the outcome in the dating sense. I see a lot of men who get super attached to the outcome. They meet a woman they're really into, you know, they become really invested in this woman really early on, create stories around them. And then they create that sort of quote unquote needy energy in the dating process. And they're like, why did this only last a few dates? She seemed really into me. Well, he already got five steps ahead of her because of his thoughts and his fears around, because ultimately when you create stories about someone and you overinvest too soon, it's a fear that they're going to leave. It's a fear of abandonment, right? So that same fear can be true and come out in that way versus the fear of being rejected or feeling silly or coming off a certain way to other people if you're out, you know, approaching women at a bar. It ultimately comes down to what are the thoughts that you're having that are getting in your own way that's creating that fear, creating the anxiety, or creating the self-doubt happening. Have you found that a lot of guys that you work with have low self-esteem? Yes and no. A lot of the men I work with have pretty high self-esteem in other parts of their lives and second-guess themselves in dating. You know, a lot of the men I work with are pretty driven. 
They've done well for themselves in their career and they're just not getting the dating part right, right? They don't understand why it's not clicking. And, you know, a lot of the times it's not because they don't have what women are looking for or that they aren't desirable to women. It's simply that they are showing up in a way that isn't representative of who they are and how powerful they truly are in the rest of their lives, either because they're afraid of getting hurt again or they are afraid of making the wrong decision, right? Like the wrong decision, the wrong person. And so they're they're on shaky ground in that sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. What do you yeah. think is one of your biggest success stories? Well, I just had two clients who told their girlfriends that they loved them this last month. So that was awesome. They, um, yeah, I mean, one of them started working with me in October and he was like, I just want to date around. I want to put myself out there and understand what it is that I truly want in a woman and come from a new perspective where I'm really confident. I'm feeling good. We kind of gave his dating profile a makeover. Ultimately he, you know, met this woman like within the first week of us working together And they immediately hit it off and just started spending more and more and more time together. And ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of avoidance came up in him where he's like, how do I know? Is this the right person or is it not? And we were able to coach through and see, okay, is this truly doubt or is this fear, right? So is this a legitimate concern that you're having about the relationship and there being an incompatibility or is there fear about a certain outcome or fear of, you know, like the outcome being rejection, abandonment, regret. And we're able to work through that. And ultimately, you know, they got into a committed relationship and then they ended up going to Mexico together and they're still together now. So that's really exciting. Uh, But yeah. And then the other client who told his girlfriend that he loved her, they met online. So the other two met in person. They met online And they met maybe about three months ago, I think now. And he actually got a little bit of cold feet in the beginning and kind of called it off for a second. was like, I just want to date around and date other people. And we committed to that decision. And then he realized that that wasn't the decision he wanted. So I coached him through how to like reinitiate communication with her, how to rebuild that trust. And now they're in a committed relationship and they just traveled to California for a little getaway together and now they're telling each other that they love each other. So that's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I cool. love that. Mm-hmm. Emily, this is, I'm like, I want to keep going right now. I love my clients yeah. so much. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure you've got a bunch and you're yeah. going to have a, a many more as your, nah. as your time goes on. And as you continue coaching, if guys want to coach with you, where can they find you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. It's at Emily Freeman coaching. You can also go to emilyfreemancoaching.com or at emilyfreemancoaching on TikTok as well too. But Instagram is definitely where I'm most active. I do live or weekly Q&As on my stories every week. So if you guys have questions for me in particular, you can go head over to Instagram and I can answer them there. Perfect. Awesome. Well, we'll put a link there in the show notes so guys can check you out on Instagram and contact you if they need you. Awesome. And it was great to have you on. And you better have me on when you when you get your podcast going. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I it's to, a deal. I'd love to keep talking to you. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, take care and we'll you speak too. to you next time. Thank you so much. This was so much fun.